This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. ...of different languages for Canada's 150th. I got in touch with Hindi, Hindi did the translation, and here we are. A half-hour special on the making of Yiddish Show Canada will air on Vision TV on June 26th at 9.30 p.m., but in the meantime, you can hear all about it on this weekend's Zoomer Week in Review tomorrow at noon, right here on Zoomer Radio. The U.S. government is trying to get a lawsuit against President Donald Trump over his foreign business dealings thrown out of court. Jackie Quinn reports from Washington. Justice Department lawyers say none of those suing President Trump have suffered an injury that would give them standing in court. But the plaintiff's lawyer argues that some of them compete with the Trump hotels and restaurants for business from foreign governments. Attorney Deepak Gupta says there have been many presidents before Trump, but none with this type of business entanglement with foreign governments. The lawsuit filed earlier this year seeks to force Trump to divest his business interests. Government lawyers say the Supreme Court has long held that courts have no power to issue those kinds of orders against sitting presidents. In sports, the Blue Jays lost 4-2 to the Mariners. They play again tonight in Seattle. Marcus Stroman on the mound for Toronto. No sweep in the NBA Finals. LeBron James and the Cavaliers forced a Game 5 on Monday with a 137-116 win over the Golden State Warriors in Cleveland. Rafael Nadal takes on Stan Wawrinka tomorrow in the French Open Men's Final. Simona Halep faces 20-year-old Yelena Ostapenko this morning, just getting underway in the Women's Final in Paris. We'll have the weather details next. The Shaw Festival presents Me and My Girl. Updated by Stephen Fry, it's the funniest, catchiest, most infectious musical of the summer. Come see what all the standing ovations are about. Me and my girl. Book your tickets at shawfest.com. The Shaw Festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario. It's the perfect intermission from life. The weather for the GTA, mainly sunny today with a humidex of 33, down to 20 overnight. Mainly sunny again tomorrow, a high 32. Right now, 19 degrees, 66 Fahrenheit. We'll have news next at 10 on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer with the Zoomer Report, the boomer's guide to living well. Brought to you by Shoppers Drug Mart. Your health made easier. Here's an important finding about sleep as we age. A review from the University of California, Berkeley, suggests that some seniors lose the ability to get deep restorative rest, and this contributes to medical conditions, including dementia and depression. People who wake up multiple times during the night can miss out on the deep stages of sleep, and that can cause a vicious cycle. Medical conditions and the treatments for them can be the cause of sleep problems, but poor sleep can also contribute to disease. Researchers say that when it comes to dementia, 
Deep sleep helps clear the brain of the amyloid beta proteins that build up in people with the disease. And similar processes may be at work with other diseases, too. And while the study authors don't want people to panic if they're sleeping less than they used to, they advise consulting a doctor if you routinely sleep less than six hours a night or lack long consolidated blocks of sleep. A healthy diet and exercise are critically important, especially because regular exercise contributes to better quality sleep. Bottom line, the researchers say sleep is a key factor in successful aging. With your tips for living well, I'm Libby Zneimer with the Zoomer Report. The Zoomer Report is brought to you by Shoppers Drug Mart. Your health made easier. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin is brought to you by Stokes Seeds. Select from the finest quality vegetable and flower seed at stokeseeds.com and get growing with Stokes. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning on this beautiful Saturday morning from the sous chef at the garden, Frank Proctor. Nice to have you along here to join Charlie and I as we face, uh, what date is it? Oh, the 10th. It's a hot one. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be really a scorcher. That's right. I think we're they're saying it's going to like feel like I don't know thirty five or yeah. six here in the city. And and be careful when you're driving around because a lot of cyclists out this weekend. That's the ride right. to conquer cancer is on. I got caught coming into the station on Lakeshore, just uh, west of Bathurst. Mm-hmm. Everything just crammed up, and I oh man, Lakeshore's I, closed. Yeah, and they're not actually publishing the route, which just, which doesn't make a lot of sense. There is but, no route. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, the the announcement about traffic is yeah. traffic is really bad today and yeah. there's closures everywhere but nobody knows where they are so, <laughs> so take your chances in your fore- car <laughs> forewarned is forearmed i guess in any case uh, never mind all that jazz we're here to have some fun and uh, charlie of course will answer your questions first we got to get you to call in well if you're in the toronto area here are the phone numbers uh 416-360 0740 and then anywhere in the province toll free 18667404740 a uh, little mantra that we always uh, pass out of the uh, well, I don't feel like passing out a minute <laughs> no uh, it, it's a call early call often one question per call and if you are a first time caller please let Sebastian know when you call in and uh, this is what you'll hear when you get to the uh, to the air that's your little welcoming the wings. Garden, Garden wings. wings. Yes, indeedy. All right. I'm a bit distracted because I was just explaining to you yeah. a, a sleep aid. That, well, yeah. uh, cause let you me were, preface this right, by yeah. saying uh, I sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and I can't stop my brain. Yeah. You know, you're th- yeah. this spinning. Over, yeah, yeah. And this, that, and the other. And so you come up with a great suggestion. Well, I shared this with you because it's been working like a charm for Elliot. He mm-hmm. has the same issue that, you know, sleep mm-hmm. for two or three hours, wake up, and then can't get back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I think it's stress, right? I mean, it's just yep. life and stress. Anyway, I picked up, and I know it is available in other locations, but I picked up from the Toronto Botanical Gardens a little tiny bottle of lavender oil. Mm-hmm. So it's the essence of lavender. It's from yep. France. You know, it's pure, pure, pure. And he read up on it, and he discovered that if he puts a couple of drops of lavender oil in the palm of his hands, just before he's going to sleep and putting his head down, he rubs his hands together, 
cups his hands over his nose and mouth, mm-hmm. inhales deeply three or four times through the yeah. nose and mouth, slowing things down and, you know, sort of yeah, calming yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the heart, the brain, everything. Um, and then he just kind of wipes whatever's left on his hands, on his, you know, temples and that sort of thing. Yeah. Lies down and sleeps like a baby for six hours. Well, now, isn't that something? Yeah, and he's been doing that for a couple of months, and he said it's been working like a charm, and he's a big fan of lavender oil, so I'm well, suggesting it to you. There you go. I'm going to give that a shot. I think you should. And, you know, okay. looking at the web here, there, mm. there's a lot of uses for lavender oh, oil. Not just calming and, you know, anti-stress and anxiety yeah. and sleep. Bee stings. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Yes, yeah, kind of like Epsom salts. Good yeah. for everything. Yeah, darn near. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, we, oh, you've got some announcements you've got to have. I've got to, because today, uh, yeah. my big announcement for today is, remember, I'm in St. Catharines after oh, the show. That's right. It's the 160th anniversary of the St. Catharines Horticultural Society. Big event uh, at the Grantham Lions Hall, which is 732 Niagara Street in St. Catharines. From 2 to 4.30, there will be a tea, there will be me, and there will be, you know, mm. much... Uh, tea and me. And like hopefully drinking of wine, raising our teacups <laughs> or our wine glasses, one or the other. So come to that if you can. Uh, remember, garden days have started yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, coast to coast, ten uh, day celebration of public gardens and gardening in mm-hmm. general. So there's a ton going on all across the country. There is a good website which I won't be able to find. <laughs> okay, we'll whatever. discover that. Yeah, later. just Google it. Okay. You know, gardening days. <laughs> I should have put it on here. I meant to. <laughs> Forgot about that. Uh, okay, tomorrow, the Georgetown Horticultural Society, <laughs> at least I know the days, um, is sponsoring a rip-roaring, that's their term, mm-hmm. garden tour from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m., so tomorrow in all this heat, 10 gardens, including town and country properties. Tickets may be purchased tomorrow at the first house on the tour, which is 25 King Street in Georgetown, only 10 bucks. And it's garden tour time of year because Toronto Botanical Gardens is hosting their big Through the Garden Gate tour Mm. today and tomorrow. We're talking 30 gardens. It is the 30th year. They're showcasing Mm -hmm. um, some really swanky gardens in North Rosedale and Moore Park. So if you like to get in the backyards of the rich and famous who don't ever invite you into their back gardens. It's a great opportunity. Uh, self-guided tour, of course, but excellent information is provided along the way, not as well as a shuttle bus, so that's a great one. So for more information, of course, you can just call, uh, go straight to the uh, torontobotanicalgarden.ca website, go to the, um, you know, pick up tickets mm-hmm. on site. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, yes, I have something here from the Riverdale Horticultural Society, June 14th, this Wednesday, the annual flower show and strawberry social. Well, I love those strawberry socials. I always think they should be outside, though. However, there will be an annual flower show and strawberry social that will be judged by Barbara Twainer. She's going to explain the finer points of judging uh, to help everybody with their chances in their mm-hmm. future um, exhibits and competitions. Because you know, horticultural oh, oh, societies yeah. and those gardeners, man, they <laughs> are just knocked down, competitive. They want those little ribbons to wear around. <laughs> of course, Riverdale. The Hort yeah. Society meets at uh, 7 p.m. at 816 Logan Avenue, just south of the Danforth in the Frankland Community Center. Okay, it's uh, 913, and we have a whole raft of folks lined up, including <laughs> Our, Josephine from Pickering, of who course. is first in again. I think she gets up at 6 o'clock and starts making the call right about <laughs> Anyway, we'll be joining Josephine and a whole bunch of other folks very shortly here on Zoomer Radio, the garden show on the air from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's see what problems you can solve for some folks this morning. All righty, we'll start out with, once again, Josephine, first on the line from Pickering. Good morning, Josephine. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. How are you this morning? Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. I did my gardening early because I'm not going out today, tomorrow, or Monday. Good for Too you. Yep. That get it out of the way. <laughs> okay, I got a question for you. Yep. For Mother's Day, my daughter brought me an azalea plant. Oh, lovely. It was beautiful, full of blooms. Mm-hmm. Now the blooms are dying off. Mm-hmm. And there's sticks. Now I notice at the bottom of the plant, mm-hmm. new shoots coming. Mm-hmm. Shall I cut those, I'll call them sticks, off, the branches <laughs> off, and let the new stuff come? And will it bloom again? Okay, so it, it might bloom again. They often do. The, the trick is to uh, not have allowed those leaves to fall off. Um, it's all about water. Azaleas love water. And so the, if you're the kind of person who likes to water every two days, azalea is your plant. Uh, but, of course, you always feel the surface of the soil. And as soon as the surface of the soil starts to feel a little bit on the dry side water. They also like lots of sun. Yes, so, I realize that. I, have it, I had it in the front um, uh, the front room mm, because good. I face south. Oh, perfect. Now, when you say about losing the leaves, mm. you mean off the existing branches? Exactly. They're gone. Yeah. So, <laughs> are coming. Yeah, so it obviously dried out to such an extent that it lost the leaves. Yes, you could try pruning back everything that has no growth on it. Right. Keep that water, you know, keep the water on the plant. You know, check right. it every couple of days, uh, particularly if it is in that sunny south window. You could also pull it back from the window. It could be, you know, six or ten feet away from that south window. It just likes, a, you know, a lot of bright. Okay, um, don't put it outside. Oh, yeah, you can put it outside, too. That's not bad. I wouldn't go straight into full sun, though. Go into the shade to start, and then half-day sun, half-day shade. And again, make sure you stay on the watering. And I've had azaleas for years and years, and they just regularly will bloom quite beautifully. Every winter, they bloom Mm -hmm. just very naturally in January, February, March. Uh, Again, it's keeping them, when they come in in the fall, bright window, keep on the water, do fertilize every month or so, and yeah, they're, they're... Wonderful houseplants. So if I fertilize now, and uh, it was well watered. Okay. Oh, it was. Oh, so maybe it was overwatered, but that's hard to do. I don't think so, because I always felt the soil. So I don't know why I would have lost its leaves then. I don't know. (laughs) I don't live right. Let's put it that way. Well, look closely. Make sure there is no insect pests, because that can be a problem. You know, like, look really closely. That might have been why it lost the leaves. Okay, then. All All righty, Josephine. Have a good weekend. You too. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Out to Oakville. Here we go. Charlie saying hi to Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you, Frank. Hello, Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. I don't have any problem with plants, Mm -hmm. but I do have a great deal of problem with little green worms. My husband and I are inundated with these. Now our home uh, is a ranch bungalow, and uh, um, there's a canopy of trees uh, Mm -hmm. over it. Uh, These green, tiny little things, very skinny, very thin, about a oh, half inch long, inch long. Oh, so are everywhere. 
I wonder, so, I mean, you're in Oakville. Canker worm is, is all in the news right now. Oh, it's called canker worm. Yeah, but they're not green. Um, when they're tiny, tiny, they, canker worm almost looks a bit like a tent caterpillar. Yellow. Caterpillar. Yeah. Uh, so they're, you know, it's dark stripes. But, I know. Some, yes, some of them are, and they're a little bit hairy. Yep, yep. The green ones are uh, not hairy at all. Right, but either they're way, not hairy, you're inundated. There are thousands of them, oh, uh, Charlie. Ooh. I'm not joking. They are crawling up the brickwork of I our know, home. I know. They are so gross. I know. People are talking. I've heard, you know, they just they feel like they're barricading themselves inside. They just don't want to go out. It's all slimy. You can get are, slip yeah, on the sidewalk. Oh. And we're able to see them on them when they come and go in and out. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, we pluck them off with Kleenex tissues and yeah. whatever. Uh, they land on... Uh, <laughs> Our shoulders and oh, on our clothing. <laughs> yeah. There are so many. So, it, okay, there's two things. One is this will pass. Those canker worms, any of those worms, caterpillars, will move on in terms of their life cycle. Okay. Uh, so this will not go on forever. At the most, you're going to have a problem for about seven to ten days. Okay. Or if you want to try and do some control of that insect and kill some of them, what you would use, what's most commonly used on soft-bodied caterpillars is something called BT. BP? B as in Bob. Yes. T as in Tom. Oh, BT, okay. Yeah, so BT stands for Bacillus thuringiensis. You don't have to worry about spelling that. Bacillus thuringiensis is a bacteria. You buy it in a bottle at the store, you mix it with water, and Uh you spray this bacteria onto the insects, and that bacteria will kill them. Wow. Yeah. That's completely. It's, you know, insects have cycles, and we're just in a cycle of high population of these particular worms, and this will go on for a couple of years, actually. It's oh, the, it's, we always talk about seven-year cycles. No, you, many. no, but you will have lots probably next year as well. Partially, it's the kind of winter we have. Oh. The problem is they're eating all the leaves, and they of course, are. they are going to kill some trees as a result. They did a little ones, yeah. So the, I know the Mississauga City Council is talking about getting organized and doing some aerial spraying next spring uh, with BT. So, yeah. you know, and they would do that spraying in the middle of the night, like when everybody's sleeping. So anyway. now, now you got the answer to kind of yep. what you can do. Yes, Suzanne. I yeah. have it, Frank. Okay. Charlie, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks. Just to know that they're a temporary <laughs> resident. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, Good luck with that. That, that sounds creepy. Nine twenty-three. Got to take a little bit of a break here, and we'll be coming back to uh, go to Smithville, a great little town. No, Smithville's uh, I'm gone. Sorry. Oh, Smithville. Uh, oh no, maybe yeah, still there. Yeah, well, we'll yeah. see. Anyway, we're going we'll come somewhere. Back to who's ever next online? <laughs> Momentarily, here on Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's say hi to Nina, who just might be around the corner here Mm. in Toronto. Hi, Nina, and welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for having me on. Uh, Yes, I actually just live up the street. Nice. good. Welcome. I am asking you, Charlie, Mm. about my Bleeding Hearts plant Mm. that's in the shade Mm. of my grapevine... uh, my grapevine alley, if you will. It's in a large flower bed. I love the bleeding hearts. Mm -hmm. Trouble is, uh, each year it grows bigger and bigger, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then when it's done, 
it wilts and falls down, all of the mm. limbs fall down, and leaves a, a nasty gap in the middle of my yard <laughs> for the rest of the season, I so know. much so that I feel like ripping it out and just putting something else there. What, what's your advice? Well, you know, actually, I have the exact same thing happen. I have a back corner in the shade where the bleeding heart comes up and then the bleeding heart goes down. If you had some sun in there, any way to provide some sun, you bleeding hearts will keep, stay up all summer if they get some sunshine. It's just the deep shade that they go to sleep for the summer. The other thing is you could switch to a different form of bleeding heart mm-hmm. that um, has a much fringier leaf, mm-hmm. and it it's a smaller plant. It doesn't grow as tall as the regular bleeding heart. It only grows about eight inches or thereabouts tall as opposed to two feet tall that the big ones grow. Uh, and it stays up all summer. All right. um, and I'm just blanking on the name, but it is Dicentra, which is the proper name. And I will, I will double check. It's okay. It's, You've uh, given me enough. To yeah, it's got a fr- if you Google fringe leaf bleeding heart or Dicentra, uh, it'll come up with another version, which is excellent through right through the summer and will keep blooming all summer. And that, it will bloom in the shade. Yep. Yep. Well, that's oh, yeah. what I need because, unfortunately, I, we shouldn't complain about this, but I have a very shady backyard with mm-hmm. just little snippets of sun at yeah. certain hours. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing is I have other plants that sometimes come in and fill after the bleeding heart. So I have things like Monarda that comes up, and there are some great bee balm or Monarda plants that will handle shade uh, and bloom and support the pollinators, etc. Um, and even something simple like hostas. A big hosta is always a little bit slow to emerge, but it can emerge and, and sort of come up into that area where the bleeding heart was. Yeah, well, the hosta that I have is all around it. It mm. actually is. It could easily choke it out if, if the bleeding heart wasn't so robust. <laughs> yeah, vigorous. But, uh, so eventually it does, but it, it takes to the end of August for the hosta to uh, fill in that space. So right. this is what I will do. I will just find another another one, and maybe I'll find another place in the yard for this particular bleeding heart. Yeah, and don't be, don't hesitate to uh, control it, because as you point out, it really wants it's to basic, take huh? over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it'll just keep filling. If there's space, it'll take it. Okay, good. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great okay. weekend. Thank you. You too, Nina. Thank you for uh, calling in. And <clears throat> pardon me. Getting all choked up here. I know. Uh, you're listening to the Gardening uh, Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here on Zoomer Radio. And the phone number is 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And we're off to Georgetown. There's Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Hello, Sharon. Hi, how are you? Good Good morning, how are you? Good. I've got two little baby bunnies. Well, they're kind of partially, they're not full grown yet, in my yard, and Mm. they've eaten the tops off my petunias. Impatience, they have devoured a couple of little um, hostas, and they have worked on a hosta and a spirea bush that I just put in. And I have a cage, but they don't seem to want to go to it. And even my neighbors have been trying. They took for the cages if they, because they're having the same problem. <laughs> and I wondered if you have any solution. <laughs> huh. Well, yeah, that's a tough one. Cause, and I know some of our listeners will have some solutions as well. I mean, the, the dog, the cat, they can be good at keeping the bunnies uh, in check. But um, if you don't have any pets that will help keep the, the bunnies down, my one suggestion that comes to mind is a product that was designed originally to uh, control elk. <laughs> this is in, it was designed originally, I believe it was in Finland okay. is where it comes from. It's called Plant, so P-L-A-N-T, just the word plant, and one word, skid, S, S as in Sam, K, Y, 
D as in dog and D as in dog again. So plant skid. I have seen it in, you know, regular mm-hmm. Canadian tires, Home Depots. It is, it's completely organic. You spray it onto the plants that you're trying to protect. And okay. it's, it's an excellent repellent. Deer, rabbits, voles, and small critters. Oh, okay. Because I did put some, um, like last night we went out because I just noticed that they were had attacked the back part of the um, spirea bush, mm-hmm. the baby spirea bush. And, and so we went out and put screening around some of the yep. things that they have. But, I mean, you can't screen everything. <laughs> that's yeah. the problem, yeah. And that's what well, you really can do. Yeah, you, you could put like cages around your plants as a way to protect them I as have well. A large, I have a large garden. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, I would try the plant skid. You know, okay. let me know how it works. I mean, it's, it's very well recommended. I can't... I, I saved baby bunnies once years ago, and the bunny network knows that. So the bunnies, actually, they wave as they go by into my neighbors. They, they never chew at my house. Touch wood. Um, so um, so I've never had to repel them. Mind you, I have a lot of cats, too. Maybe that helps. Yeah, well, that's, I, yeah I, don't have, I don't have pets. So, yeah. okay, I will try plant skid, and thank you very much for your suggestion. Okay, You're very sure, welcome. Thank you for calling. 932. <laughs> I, I once experienced a weird thing. There were uh, 10 bunnies in, in, a, in a row, and they marched about 10 feet away from me and turned around and kind of gave me a little wave, and then they kept going and stopped and looked back at me. What I realized was, my God, there's a receding hairline. <laughs> I knew. Uh, uh, I knew that, knew that was that going was, somewhere. Oh, all right. <laughs> hey, there's, that's for Bill in Cambridge, first-time caller. Hi, Bill. Hi, Frank. Hi, Carly. Uh, welcome to the show, Bill. Oh, thank you. Um, I just heard you mention, well, plants don't skid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a deer visit last night and um, ate couple of my hosses right down. Oh, yeah. They love hosses. Like celery stocks now. Uh, yep. So will, will they come back at all? They probably will. We're still early enough in the season. Allow the little bit of green that's still there to stay there. As long as the little bit of green celery stalks are sticking up, the plant will continue to photosynthesize. It's got, and that will provide energy, which will allow new leaves to emerge. But okay. you're right, that deer now knows where you are and has just marked you on its own personal little Google map. And it <laughs> oh, will yeah. wait until those hostas have grown back and it'll be back for another bite to eat. So you're yeah. another good person. Try this plant skid. Let me know how it works out. It is okay. an excellent repellent for deer and bunnies and all kinds of things. I've heard about uh, hen manure. Will that, uh, that work as well? Well, any of the manures, you know, blood meal is a good example. These, they have a very specific aroma that animals don't typically like. But the problem is we get rain and you're watering, et cetera, et cetera. These things uh, wash down into the soil and disappear and are no longer effective. So, yeah, and you can't just keep applying blood meal or, or hen manure because before you know it, you've over-fertilized your plant. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, good idea as a top dressing, no question. Any of the manure is well composted. But, yeah, it's kind of a one-shot deal. Okay, well, I'll try the plant skid. All right, yeah, give it a try. Let me know. The I should be getting you know some money from these people. Yeah, I keep right. promoting their product. So you well, know, a long, number of years ago, back when I used to work at White Rose, we used to sell something called Zoo Poo, and oh, Zoo that, Poo yeah. was composted manures from the zoo. So it was animal, you know, elephants, lions, and tigers, and bears. And the thing is that the animals don't know what those are, but they know they're scary. <laughs> so yeah. it was yeah. quite effective as a repellent. But again, you couldn't keep applying it every day. Yeah. All right. My cat doesn't scare the deer away, so it uh, have to do something else. <laughs> okay. Good, well, good luck. luck with that, Bill. 
And, and thank you for joining us here yeah. on The Garden Show yeah. from Zuma Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Well, off we go to Scarborough now. Elizabeth, good morning. Welcome to the show. Wait. Oh, good oh, morning. Oh, sorry. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a very old tea plant. And uh, in the winter, we have a walkout from a basement, so it sits in front of a patio door, so it gets some light. Uh, in the summer, I put it out, and it's under the deck, so uh, it's sort of a bit shaded. Mm-hmm. But it's now about four or five feet tall and only has leaves, um, a few leaves on the very top. Um, I Somehow I'd heard that you could cut that off and, and put that yep. stump in the earth and <laughs> it would grow. Is that... Mm, okay, so just to be clear, uh, you're calling it a tea plant, but it's actually a. T- it's, I, I would call it a Thai plant. T I. Yeah. That's commonly. It's a Hawaiian. <coughs> excuse yes. me. Tropical plant. Yes. Um, yeah. Very very nice plant. Very pretty. Colored well, it's leaves. Not anymore because oh. it's it's got this long stem uh, stalk yeah. and just a few leaves at the at the top. Okay, so cordyline is the proper name for anybody who's listening and wants to look up what we're talking about. <laughs> So cordyline, D-Y-L-I-N-E. So what do you do? Yes, after many, many years, so many of those plants, you've got a lot of trunk and just a little rosette of leaves up on the top. Yes. So yes, you can cut that top off. But what do you do next? You can't just jam it into a glass of water and hope that, that roots are going to grow the way it would if we had a, taken a cutting of, of a coleus, for example. So you would cut that off. You lay it on a piece of newspaper. in a. It could be um, inside or outside, but not in a hot, sunny situation, just in a, you know, um, on a kitchen counter or whatever. And wait till that that cut stump dries. Might be two, three days. Okay. You just want you don't want it to be oozing any liquid, so it has to dry down a bit. Then the challenge is is getting the roots to grow, and you will um, you, you will go into a sand or vermiculite, something that's well drained but is, will hold moisture, and you will jam that trunk into either sand or um, vermiculite that's kept moist constantly. And it, uh, I would use some st- root rooting hormone called stim root. Yes, I, I have some of that. Right. So you, you're going to dip. Once you've got that dried down stump, you're going to dip that stump into some water. Then you're going to get some of that powder on that cut end. Then you're going to go into your moist medium, whether it's sand or vermiculite, and you are going to prop that up so there's no movement from the plant. You're going to keep it in a bright spot. Again, it could be outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be in full sun, but it should be bright. And check it. It's going to take a while. Check it in two weeks. You're going to pull that up out of the vermiculite. Or this. That's why vermiculite's great, because you can go in and out of vermiculite without damaging any roots as they start to grow. Yes. At some point, you're going to start to see a mass of white tissue, sort of bubbly stuff happening, growing at that cut end, the edges of the end. And then at that point, you're going to get your container and your fresh potting soil, and you're going to pot it up. Well, now, um, are you saying that you you use the, the um, the cut end that still has the leaves and do this? Yes. Oh, okay. So I, it has to have the leaves because I couldn't just sort of in the middle cut a chunk of this long stalk. Um, yes. Actually, there's a lot of ways you can propagate this plant from the stem. So uh-huh. after you, okay, you can try keeping the top, doing what I just suggested. You can also keep the bottom, yes. uh, which will have a stump, but don't don't leave it, you know, a foot high. Bring that down to six or eight inches high, and. 
be careful about overwatering. Um, but given energy in the root, there are buds that are currently completely dormant that you can't see in along that stem so a bud can burst forth it won't go straight up it's going to come out the side and then go up so you're going to lose your shape right you'll have a straight stem and then a l coming up Uh, so a bud very likely could emerge and start uh new new tips there for you oh Um, okay because that would be so i mean then then i'd have some bushiness uh, down down, down yeah. near the the bottom, as opposed to, yeah. to uh, you know four feet off the off the ground. Oh well, that's right. No, and exactly. And like when you, when I say taking that top off, you are not going to try and root that entire four foot stem. No, uh, three feet of that stem is either going in the compost, yes. or a third way to propagate is you chop that all up into two inch pieces, lay that two inch pieces, you know the three foot stem, two inch yes. pieces lying on their side, half buried in moist sand, uh, and again, dormant buds will grow up. It's a, you know, there's multi-ways to propagate. So if all all else fails, just Google (laughs) propagate (laughs) cordyline or tie plants. Okay. All righty. That's a lot to explain on, Boy, on radio you, particularly. You've got a real job ahead of you there, Elizabeth. <laughs> Thank you for contacting Charlie for the help uh, here on Zoomer Radio, The Garden Show. And by the way, uh, let me give Charlie's email address. Some of you might like to get a hold of it that way. It's c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com, 940. And we'll be back in a moment to say hi to Ziva here in Toronto. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, I can just imagine uh, folks waiting for this show to end and they're going to scoot outside and get a lot of work done before the real heat uh, hits for today. It's going to be a warm, warm day and tomorrow as well. Either that or we just strip down... Keep the hose on, stick it over your head, keep going. (laughs) There you go. All right. Siva in Toronto. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I I was already in my garden at 530. Whoa. I want to cry because they're being eaten to death. What? (laughs) Who's eating? Uh, There's this little yellow bug. I don't know. All the leaves on my squash, they look like polka dot leaves. Uh You know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my problem is I, I planted a squash and uh-huh. it's drying at the top and splitting open. What could be the problem? Hmm. Okay, so the, the, uh, the, is, the, the bottom is green, but just coming up to the leaf, it's dried up there and it's beginning to crack. Right, but I think that's an insect that's ca- causing problems there. Mm-hmm. There, there is an insect called a squash bug. Um, I, I know that one. It attacks my zucchini every year. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. so, you, and what do you do about that one? Well, I try to cut open the zucchini and took took him out, you know. But it's still, it, it, I got just a few, but mm. it died off eventually. Right. So, I mean, just looking here quickly on the web, um, of, of course always one of the most important things and good for you that you are out so early this morning (laughs) one of the most important things is early detection 
and we are at that time of year. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. f- we've been busy pulling weeds because with mm-hmm. all the rain, the weeds have been taking over. But now we're at that point. We've got to be really critically examining our plants on a daily basis. Okay. And that way we can detect problems before they become a big issue. Yeah, because <clears throat> the stems were so thin, I didn't think it would be a bug, but I don't know, you know, because they're now beginning to shoot up. Yeah. So, right. so look very closely. As you said, if you're seeing the insect, if it's a little yellow insect that moves slow enough, you can squish it. Do so. Um, they, remember, there are contact insecticides that are very available for us to use on any of our plants, edible or and or ornamental. So the, the contact insecticides, meaning the insecticide must contact the insect in order yeah. to be effective. And that can be a soap-based, so safer soap, mm-hmm. uh, or our own little mixes of soap and water. And the other are the pyrethrins, um, the most probably big biggest name out there is Bug Be Gone, and Bug Be Gone is pyrethrin-based. Yeah. So following the instructions and... Just like you were out there early this morning, that is when you would do your spraying. It's very early in the day, not when it's hot, not when the sun is beating on the plants. Okay, I'm afraid I'm not going to get my squash. You saw the pictures my daughter sent you? So (laughs) I'm dying to think that I'm not going to have any squash this year. Um, it's not too late to replant. All right. Okay. Right? It's still I'll, only early June. First, all right. You know. I'll get right on it. Okay. <laughs> all right, Siva. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Siva. Thank you. And, uh, gee, oh, the time there is 9.47, so, yeah, we can get uh, another call in before a break. In Oshawa, there's Jean on the line. Good morning, Jean. Hello. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. <clears throat> with so much rain this year, I have a rhubarb plant that is covered with a lot of white seeds, and is it possible that these white seeds, I can plant them again and, and have some rhubarb? If possible, how do I let them ripen? Huh. So it's, your rhubarb has already flowered and the seeds have matured already? Yes. Wow. It's only June. That seems so early, but okay, I guess that's possible. Um, how, the rhubarb that you have, did you plant it yourself or was it there when you moved in? I planted it myself. And so it was something that you bought or somebody gave you? Oh, I brought it from the farm. Oh, from the farm. Okay. So hard to know because there there's rhubarbs and there's rhubarbs. If this is, <clears throat> if the selection that you've planted that was at the farm was a hybrid, which is probably not. Yeah, probably the seeds. I'm just wondering whether the seeds will breed true, meaning will the seeds look and taste the same as the mother plant that's mm-hmm. producing the seeds, or will there be some some diversity within that seed Plus population? Yeah. yeah, and it's just because of the genetics of the plant. So, um, be in, you know, bottom line is allow the plant to do what it would naturally do. Allow those seeds to, to mature on the plant and yeah. then naturally they would drop very close by. Your job would be to, once they're ripe, uh, scatter them just a little further away so they're not falling right in underneath the leaves and then keep them moist, obviously. Um, just sowing them, um, you know, lightly, not deep, and let them be. They uh, they may need, I'd have to double check because I've never grown rhubarb from seed. They may need winter or something to uh, force that germination to happen. But in the meantime, be Mother Nature and allow them to ripen on the plant and keep them close to the plant. And I can even report back rhubarb uh, seed Wonderful. starting. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Uh, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a great day. It. Thank From you for joining farm. us, Gene. Rhubarb is so good. Yes. Oh, yeah, we've got some growing out there 
in a little plot of land. And Shirley was saying the other day, we were just passing by in the driveway. He said, oh, got to get that rhubarb. I know. Yeah. When I was a kid, it was always that we used to, it was like a real treat. Because yeah. you only got this for a short period in the entire year. Harvest some yep. rhubarb. Of course, you take away the big blade, the big leaf, yeah. but you keep the stem. Oh. And then you get like a little a custard dish. Mm. No, no, no. You get a little custard dish and you put white sugar into the oh, dish. Yes. And then yep. you dip the, the rhubarb <laughs> and you just bite it like fresh yeah, yeah. with that sugar on the cut end. Oh, that was so, what a good treat mm. that was. Delicious. Yeah. Okay, we've got to take a little bit of a break here and then come back to say hi to a, a listener in Elmville, Ontario. You're listening to The Garden Show here on Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And here we are. <laughs> Charlie and I have a great, having a great discussion well, about where what, you're appearing. That's yes. right. Well, I mentioned I was going to St. Catharines today, but yep. I am appearing in Ennismore, the right. Horticultural yes. Society, this Thursday, 7 o'clock. I just don't know where. I mean, I do know where. I just don't have that information with me. Well, so if you'd like to tell Charlie where to go. <laughs> <laughs> Ennismore yeah. looks like a really sweet town, yeah. though. It's in the Quarthas. I'm very much looking forward to Alrighty. taking well, the drive I'm there. I'm sure you'll be welcomed with open arms. I hope so. In Elmville, there's Sylvia. Good morning, morning. Sylvia. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good, Good morning. Good. Good morning. Um, I'm. Uh, I just want to know. I uh, I've been p- putting boiling water on my patio for weeds mm-hmm. over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sand keeps on coming out because mm-hmm. of the uh, ants. Ants, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, now, is it plain boiling water? I heard something about vinegar also with uh, boiling water. Yeah, you don't need to do vinegar and boiling water. Oh. Uh, it's one or the other. Oh. You will find, you don't use straight vinegar out of your cupboard, though, because that's not toxic it's enough. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you need to buy, and if you, uh, you're in Elmville, so any garden center or you know, home building store uh, right now particularly has on its shelves something called PATH, so P-A-T-H, PATH. Clear. P-A-T-H? Yeah, path as in pathway. Clear. And you'll see there'll be a little oh. picture on the bottle, and it'll show interlocking stone with little weeds growing up between the stone. Pathway clear. Yeah. or oh. pe- yeah, and, so, and you just spray that, preferably on a nice hot, sunny day like today, uh-huh. onto your weeds while the sun is beating down on your weeds, and they will turn yellow right before your very eyes. Oh. Um, now, if they're very old weeds with big honking roots, you may have to spray again in a couple of days. And but, I also get uh, the moss growing in between. Yeah. This, you know? The vinegar is unlikely to kill the moss. Okay. Um, it might, though. It might kill the moss as well, particularly if it's hot and sunny. So, you know, if you don't mm. like the moss, that's an idea as well. And the ants is a little harder. That's I use boiling water to try and discourage ants that keep coming up mm-hmm. between my uh, patio stones as right. well. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, exactly. uh, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. And then I, uh, the, the sand comes up, and then I try I to put it back the in. sand in between the cracks. <laughs> I right? know, and there's always sand left over, right? Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> they've tunneled, they've provi- they're tunneling mm-hmm. it from below. Right. And it's pretty hard. So you've always got, like, a scoop full of sand, like, what do I do with this? And yeah. so that goes into the garden. But, uh, yeah, the, the ants are a challenge for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I consider myself a, an ant herder, so I'd try to herd the ants 
off my property to my neighbor's property. That's my. <laughs> okay. that's they it. love you for that. Because uh, yeah. you can't kill them. You you, you oh. won't ever win that battle. Oh, but, so that you just can't get rid of them. No, oh, you will so never. You just keep on doing it over and over again. Exactly. You just want to make their current location an unhappy one for them, so that oh. they will move. Oh, okay. Like I say, over. Yeah, I mean, there so, are, there's ant out, or you know, those kind mm-hmm. of ant that's sprays. What my husband was using it. Yeah, and they that will kill on contact. But of course, there's a whole nest underground that you're not right, necessarily getting. Right. So just keep on putting the boiling water in yeah. over and over. I I thought maybe there was a period that. Uh, you just do it for so long and you get rid of them. Mm. Well, I mean, there are some poisons. There's um, little bottles of, it's called ant killer. And if you look, what's the active ingredient? It's borax and sugar. Yeah. And well, so, we have a dog too, so. You know. oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. you know what? It w- you wouldn't, dog no. wouldn't like this and it wouldn't hurt the dog either. Oh. You just put it out. You make like little, I sometimes will make like a, just like a, a um, uh, a little carport, if you will, for the ants. So it's just like a piece of tin foil, or a, you know, it can be even a piece of cardboard. And you just put a couple of drops of ant killer, mm-hmm. and they love it. Like you'll have a hundred ants all ringing each drop, and okay. they take these little drops back to the nest, and hopefully and theoretically kill the nest. Now, which is better, the, the pathway cleaner or the um, boiling water? Okay, remember, we're going to use the pathway cleaner for weeds and the boiling waters for ants. I don't think oh, you'll find the boiling I water see. will kill your weeds, if, particularly if they're not young. Very oh. young weeds are easy to kill. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, okay. Sylvia? Yeah. Thank you very much for the call, and hopefully those suggestions work out for you to I kill know. off the weeds and that's, the ants. I know. It's <laughs> never-ending. Kathy in Etobicoke. Good morning, and welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie Frank. Good morning. Um, I have a question. My hibiscus mm-hmm. Um is growing straight up like a weed. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty, but the top leaf, um, really, really pretty. Just before the it starts to flower, turned yellow. Mm-hmm. Wait, what the the green. That? Sorry, the green leaves turned yellow. Yeah. On the tip. Yeah. Okay. So something is happening for that to happen. Number one, if it's growing straight like a arrow, I would be cutting off or pinching the tip to get some branching because you just aren't going to like that if it's just tall and straight and narrow like that, probably. So a little bit of branching will help fill the plant out. But if the tip where the newest growth is is turning yellow, you have to look closely and see what's going on uh, because that's... It's it's never a problem when old leaves turn yellow. We always get worried when new growth turns yellow. It's not the, it's not the new one. It's 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 one of the big leaves. Oh, okay, so it's uh, um, all right. Again, look closely. Look at the, under the backs of the leaves, tops of the leaves. Ensure that you're not overwatering. Hibiscus does like to dry down fairly well between waterings, okay. but um, but they are susceptible. They're very tasty plants. So you will. There's white fly that can become a problem. You know, look closely for any movement of any insects. And then again, it's one of those uh, appropriate. Um, you know, soap and water sprays if indeed you see any living insects on the plant. Oh. Charlie, how easy are they to take them in the house in the fall? Pretty easy. I, I just give them a good thorough washing before I bring them in. You yeah, know. I always do that, but I, I haven't really tried to take these guys in from outside. But this year I bought huge plants, oh, okay. huge hibiscus plants. Well, it's remember, it's, it does to some extent come down to what your conditions are inside. You need space for them, and I like to put them in a nice, bright, sunny spot. 
Okay. Yeah, thank and you, Kathy. I'm sorry. We're just running we've fresh out go. of time. Yeah. Where did what happened? The clock is just <laughs> charging on us here, and uh, the yes. Dave's Corner Garage, uh, garage guys are here. I know. I can My hear gosh. them revving their engines. Can't Charlie, slow those hey, guys you're down. Off, uh, to uh, St. Catharines. Yes, your have old stomping wonderful, ground. Have a wonderful time down there. I will. And what are you doing this afternoon? Ah, well, I'm on the air from one to three thirty, and mm-hmm. we'll have some fun and uh, play all sorts of wonderful music. And you've got a Frankie's Funny Bones. Uh, I do at two thirty. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's so funny. I'm <laughs> tuning in. Oh, I won't be able to tune in. I'll be in St. Catharines by then. All right. So um, to report back next week, rhubarb seed, how to get that started. And that website is Garden Days, one word, gardendays.ca for lots going on in your neighborhood Excellent. and across the country. Thanks, everyone. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.